Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm James Wilson. British digital bank Revolut has been caught in the middle of a political debate in Lithuania over the country's recent push to challenge the UK as Europe's financial technology hub. David Crowe spoke to Nicholas McGaw about the fast-growing company and why some politicians in Lithuania are sounding the alarm. First, Nick, tell us who are Revolut and what exactly do they do? Revolut are one of the UK and, in fact, Europe's biggest and fastest-growing financial technology companies. They started as a way mainly to get cheap foreign exchange when travelling, but it's since expanded into broader banking services from cryptocurrency trading to travel insurance or spending analysis. And late last year, they got a license to start offering full banking services, including loans and current accounts. Revolut says it's signing up 10,000 new customers a day and its 4 million monthly users spend more than $4 billion a month through the app. Last year, it was valued at $1.7 billion in one of the biggest fintech fundraising rounds in Europe. So they've been growing very quickly, but they have had a bit of a difficult run in the last couple of weeks. They recently got into trouble over a spoof advertising campaign that they later admitted had used fabricated statistics, and the case has been taken up by the City Watchdog. Our money editor, Claire Barrett, ran an expose on this in her Money Show podcast last week, and in this clip she takes up the story in conversation with personal finance commentator Iona Bain. To the 12,750 people who ordered a takeaway for one last Valentine's Day. You okay, hun? Not my words, but the words of an advert, one of a series by the fintech payments firm Revolut. It enraged Iona Bain, the personal finance commentator and author of the Young Money blog. So what exactly happened? It puzzled me on multiple levels. Firstly, I said that the brand was single-shaming those who happen to not believe that Valentine's Day is something that's worth spending a lot of money on and worth marking. It's no business of Revolut to decide if that's a good or a bad thing. So I thought that was a very backwards message to send out. But I was also very concerned about what it was saying regarding their customers' data. They were suggesting that they could actually see what their customers were buying through their accounts. And we've subsequently found out that that's not true. And unfortunately, Revolut just did not own up to this in the first instance when I called them out for this very, very strange claim, they completely ignored that and instead decided to focus on the fact that this advert had triggered some snowflakes, essentially. Well, certainly another one of the adverts suggested they could tell that thousands of people who had bought a vegan sausage roll, um, this, Mm. of course, being the new plant-based snack offered by Greg's. And when I Mm. first saw that advert, I immediately thought, how can they tell whether we've bought a vegan sausage roll? They cost a pound, but there are also about 10 other items inside of Greg's that cost one pound. And when I phoned up Revolut and said, well, how did you know that it was um, this many thousand uh, vegan sausage rolls? They said, oh, we made it up. And their spokesperson added, we should have had a line in the ad saying it was a spoof now you thought well enough is enough and you actually called up the advertising standards authority and referred the advert to them for being wrong yeah absolutely and whilst the asa said that it wasn't within their remit to adjudicate on the advert they did pass it to the financial conduct authority which is now looking into whether revolut misrepresented the service that it provides and whether it has essentially misled the public on how much data it can see regarding customers' accounts. Now, one of the ironies about 
this, of course, is that as a fintech firm, Revolut's trying to take on the big banks and the chief reason many people hold one of its payment cards is because if you use them overseas, you won't get charged the 3% average transaction fee that a UK bank would charge you. Indeed, they do have a very good product that people have been very satisfied with. I think that's why this is a real misstep for Revolut, because not many people will be prepared to try a new company, let alone one that hasn't been around for that long. So it's imperative that those companies communicate that they can be trusted and that they're not going to use their customers' data against them. They're going to always use that data in their customers' interest to help them. So that was one marketing misstep. And now Revolut's aggressive communication style has caused further issues in Lithuania, which is where it got the banking license late last year to allow it to do lending across the whole of the EU. So Lithuania, that might sound a little strange to some, but Lithuania and Estonia are both seeking a role for themselves as leading centres of innovation in the tech sector. So why is Lithuania unhappy about Revolut's presence in Vilnius? Well, it's not necessary that everyone in Lithuania is unhappy about it. Some people were really excited and pointed to their arrival as a sign of how successful Vilnius has been at attracting companies. They've set themselves up to try and be one of the number one centres in the EU for innovative firms. The worry among certain people, in particular some quite senior politicians, is that on a purely practical basis, Lithuania is a small country with relatively limited resources to supervise big continental companies. And as their neighbours have learned in the last couple of years, it's sometimes difficult to keep track of all of the risks that come with that. And what are the background to these concerns? Obviously, Estonia has had some of its own problems with financial institutions inside its country recently. Yeah, so we actually had just this week authorities of the EU say that they're launching a full investigation into the Estonian Financial Services Authority because of potential failures when it was supervising Danske Bank, which got caught up in what I think is the biggest ever money laundering scandal which involved hundreds of billions of euros from Russia and other ex-Soviet states flowing through what was supposed to be a tiny little branch in Estonia. The concern is that the local regulators didn't do enough to stop it. So what kind of ties does Revolut have to Russia? Obviously, its chief executive is from Russia. Yeah. So Nikolai Storonsky, who founded Revolut, to be specific, he was born in Russia, although he is now a British citizen. And he said quite categorically that his personal background is completely irrelevant. And the company was just drawn to Lithuania because it was so enthusiastic and friendly towards fintechs. But the company does have some wider links to Russia specifically. It employs quite a large number of software developers and engineers in the country as well. And one of the things that particularly over their course, a bit of concern among MPs was that Mr. Stransky's father, who was born in the Ukraine, currently works for a subsidiary of Gazprom, the state-owned gas company. So how does Lithuania's regulatory setup compare then to the UK, which is the biggest fintech centre in Europe? And does it need to do anything else to sort of build its expertise in this area? So this is where a lot of the concern is coming from, is that if it turns out that there are no particular problems with Revolut itself, it's just whether the Bank of Lithuania, which is responsible for prudential regulation and day-to-day supervision of all financial firms in the country, it has total under 600 employees. The Bank of England and the FCA, which split those responsibilities in the UK, have more than 10 times that. And so the question is, even if this one, you look into it, everything turns out it's fine. 
in future, will they have the resources to thoroughly inspect every company that comes through their door? Okay, Nick, thanks a lot. That was David Crow, our banking editor, talking to Nick McGall, our retail banking correspondent. And you also heard a clip from last week's Money Show podcast, hosted by Claire Barrett. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, do take a look at our latest subscription offer at ft.com offer. 